everyone, this is episode 607 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. I hope it's the 27th. I'm not sure if it is. I feel like it is, but I'm not so confident about it, and, and I don't care enough to check, so it's the 27th or almost the 27th or the 27th was yesterday. I don't know, but anywho... This is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast, and I am your host, Marcus Nez. Uh, today I'll be talking about Hell Wardens. Warders. It's Warders. I want to call it Wardens. But it's Hell Warders. W-A-R-D-E-R-S. And Windscape. And of course the Apex Legends, because... Come on. Come on. Uh, so... In addition to that, of course, I'll be talking about movies at the end, like always. Uh, Before I get to anything I've played, though, I want to talk about Forza Horizon 4, because they changed up the way they dole out mixer influence, I guess, recently. And I used to have a stream just sitting in one of my tabs, even though I haven't played it in probably a few months. Just getting that, that mixer influence so that I could log in the game whenever I feel like and have hundreds of wheel spins there ready for me. Uh, but the stream I was watching is no longer there because that account was suspended because I guess they were doing something a little shady, playing a recording of the game or something. I don't know. Uh, so now they only give out influence, I guess, for those who are streaming live footage who are actually playing it. Though I didn't see any kind of indicator pop up telling me I was getting influence from them. So I have since stopped leaving a tab open for this game that I don't play anymore. And I don't care that much about it. Just like, oh, it's there. It's free. It's not hurting me to have this tab open. I'm going to keep this tab open. But now I don't need to keep the tab open. And there's something very freeing about that. Not that there was anything forcing me to do so, uh, uh, other than my just stupid nature. Um, so yeah, that's not exciting or interesting, but it shows you a little bit about me, I guess, and the kind of dumb shit I do. Uh, not that I was doing anything, I just left a tab open. Calm down, people. It's just a tab. It is just a tab. Anywho, so I played a few games other than Apex Legends, as you will have noted when I said them earlier in the show, just a few minutes ago. I played Hell Warders, which is a tower defense game with action RPG elements. You play as a character who is in the battlefield, and you place your turrets either prior to a wave or during the wave as you're collecting the currency for uh, building these, not towers, but units, so you'll have archers. It's a fantasy type of setting with uh, demons and knights and mages and all that jazz. And you can play as one of three characters. There's a knight character, one who uses guns, I believe, and then the other one's probably a mage. Uh, I've focused on the knight character, and you are... In these environments, while waves are coming, you see the the path they're going to take. The first level is very simple. You know, they they can only come one way, but then 
right after that enemies can come from various sides so you have to be more uh spaced out with your enemy or your tower placement your unit placement and all that it's a very basic type of game uh, and this isn't something that has never been done before uh, mixing action rpg elements and tower defense i really like this kind of stuff um and you can level up your character and all that but it is a janky experience it, it the animations aren't that great, especially when you're moving and attacking at the same time as your character. It sort of looks like there's an invisible hand moving an action figure around when you're doing that, which is a little jarring for me at least. Uh, some people won't find that uh, a problem at all, and it's it's not a problem uh, in terms of gameplay. You can still attack enemies fine and all that. It just looks a little funny. Uh, placing turrets and all that or i keep wanting to call them turrets uh but placing units is fine uh you get plenty of time more than enough time in between waves to move uh your units around and all that you get a decent amount of currency from there there's there is co-op which is nice but it's only online there's no local co-op and it's co-op for up to four people which is a little funny in that there are only three characters to choose from not that yeah, you need a force so that everyone can be different. Everyone can be the same if they want, but it would be nice if there was just a fourth. In, in the in the case or the instance that somebody or, or a group of people would want to play as four different characters, like maybe one that's a healer. Uh, maybe there is one in the game that is a healer. Maybe the mage, but uh, I don't know. And and the, and the character plan has, in addition to just having a base attack has some abilities with cooldowns that are area effect or super powerful attacks and all that. And it is alright, but it definitely seems geared towards co-op. Uh, it got a little bit challenging quicker than I expected playing solo. And the only way you can level up your character is through completing areas. That's how you gain your attribute points for your character, which are both for your character and your units so each map will give you up to five the their equivalent of stars i think is lanterns and then you use these to increase your character's health their attack their uh cooldown rate etc and you can also use these to increase the intact defenses health etc of your units that you can place and i'm okay with this kind of system but I would I like games that allow you to grind levels uh even though that's not something that a lot of people would find enjoyable or or want to do uh I I like games that give you the option to do that to overpower yourself and everything you know that don't force it that don't require you to do it but let you do it if you're somebody who's inclined to just play the same level over and over again because you found a strategy for that particular level that always works and there you can just farm uh, experience and all that uh, but it's it's not doing all that much for me yeah, there's no real driving force in it I, I played and I think uh, you know what I'd rather just play this tower defense game or this other one whether it's one that is strictly a tower defense game, just placing towers, or something that has both uh, the placement of traps, etc., and 
actual uh, real-time combat from you, you know, whether it's the Toy Soldiers series or Orcs Must Die, uh, both of which are backward compatible. Well, at least Orcs Must Die is Toy Soldiers had an Xbox One release. I'm playing on an Xbox One. should bring that out because it was a Steam Early Access game for a long time and finally came out 1.0 and then it hit consoles. I don't know, at least Xbox One. That's a, a console I know for sure. And visually, it doesn't look that great. Uh, it's you know, it's all right. There's a story to it with acceptable voice acting, though there there was voice acting in the actual game that sounded way less uh, polished. It, it just seemed like somebody pulled someone to the side and said, "Hey, we need someone to read this. Just read this real quick." And it just felt like they just found a random lady and had her read the tutorial text or whatever it was it doesn't do a great job with a tutorial either of telling you how to do anything I, at least i don't remember it telling me how to place units and all that what buttons to press i just had to press a button and hope for the best um but yeah it's it's okay it, it works you know it, it's a little janky in just how unpolished it is uh, you know, but it runs, you know, I, I didn't run into any game-breaking bugs or anything along the lines, which is, is me trying to find something positive to say about the game. Because uh, it's, it's not terrible or anything, it's just that I played better games in the genre and played better games in the genre that are similar where you have this, this dual-sided aspect to it, but, you know, it's... It's okay. I think if it had local co-op, I'd be a little bit happier. Um, but not that much. And then Windscape is an action RPG, first-person action RPG with a polygonal, simplistic art style where you play as a young girl who is going off on an adventure. You start off at your parents' home, their, their farm. You first cook a stew for your family and then your father sends you off on a little quest to deliver a package to one of the townsfolk and you, you kill some wolves along the way uh, and I, I've put just a little bit of time into it I've already gotten 250 achievements also playing on Xbox which is crazy how, how quickly those were doled out to me uh, there are people to talk to in the in the world there are some crazy looking creatures who are humanoid-ish, but are clearly not humans. And it's a pretty basic-ass uh, RPG in, in that you're collecting resources and crafting weapons and armor and cooking food for yourself or armor or weapons, selling things, buying things, uh, getting new weapons, uh attacking enemies here and there it, it's just it it looks and feels very much like a person's first uh rpg in in this vein uh something that is akin to the elder scrolls games without being open world because it's not open world um something that you can give a kid because 
I, I don't think there's any... There, there might be blood when you're attacking wolves and stuff when attacking people, but it, it didn't stand out because it's just such a cartoony aesthetic. Uh, a funny thing, too, is that unlike in the Elder Scrolls games where you can steal shit from people's houses or people's places of work, in Windscape, as opposed to doing that, People just have boxes of shit in their in their places of work or their homes, and you can smash them as you please and take all the shit inside, and nobody cares. So you can just take whatever you want, and nobody will ever care. The dialogue is whatever. There was an arrow to the knee joke because how can you have an action adventure game uh, RPG thing? It's not an RPG. Why am I calling it an RPG? You're not, you're not upgrading your character at all which is a little bit disappointing uh, I really would have liked to have been able to increase my character's abilities in, in some sense because I, I like leveling up in that side and all that uh, it, it's fine it's also a little janky is not the right word but there, there are definitely things where uh, you, you look at it and you think uh, if, if there were more people behind this maybe this would be a bit better and be a bit more immersive and not have these things that are pulling me out of the experience. Because this was all made by one person, I think, or the the, the majority of it, because it just brought up one person's name. And there are a lot of NPCs who are just either walking into a wall or the corner of a wall or just standing, staring at you know the, the side of a mountain, the side of a, a wall, whatever. And it is a bit jarring again to just go into a town and see that half the, the town's folks are just standing there looking at a wall, not moving or doing anything. And you could talk to them. They'll still look at the wall while talking to you. It's kind of funny, but also takes me out of the experience, of course. The actual action feels okay. Uh... There's not much to it, just a basic attack and block. But you learn uh, the enemy's attack patterns, and it's pretty easy to attack them when they're open and block when you know they're going to attack. They don't. It didn't seem like they have tells as much as they just have specific patterns. So, like, the wolf will attack, then you can get in two attacks before they attack again. And then after that second attack, you can get in about six or seven attacks before they attack again, and then... It just starts all over from that loop, so you you learn these patterns and uh, it becomes pretty easy to deal with enemies, which is nice since they have uh, at least early on. You know, it takes a fair amount of hits to take down just a basic wolf with your club that you first have, uh, but it's it's okay. Uh, it's also on Switch. I know that, and I, I think it would probably be a good game of the silk to give to a kid because it's not open it's pretty straightforward it has that cartoony aesthetic and all that uh you know so there's that but for me i haven't found anything about the world or or what's going on in it engaging enough to want to go back and keep playing it i'll give it some more time and see where it's going and I'm, i might finish it just because given how it's been doling out achievements in the short amount of time I've played it, uh, I feel like it could be a relatively short game, 
and one that I could get out of the way, or not not get out of the way, that's not a nice thing to say, but just I can get through it pretty quickly, so we'll see how that goes and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that is Windscape on uh, Xbox One, the Switch, and probably PS4. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I should usually check where these things are, but, you know, Google exists, and you can do that yourself. And then, of course, playing more Apex Legends, uh, I, I noticed now that when you looked at the when you're at the Battle Pass page, it shows you how many days are left of it. So there are still close to 90 days or so left. So I guess each season will run about 90 days. So that's like the equivalent of three months, give or take a, a few days, uh, which is nice. And I look at that and how much I progress because I'm at like level 23 or so with the Battle Pass. And I look at that, and that makes me feel a lot better about being able to reach level 110, which is nice. And the 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 reset for the uh, character bonuses, the the legend bonuses, is on Tuesday. I'm guessing at like 12 p.m. Central Time. So that's something to keep in mind if you're going after that. And I think it's it's very important if you want to level up much faster and have a, a way easier time of reaching the the max level before the season ends that bonus xp is super important because i i was playing after i got all the bonuses with all the legends you know on like sunday and monday and the xp i was getting since it was just one for one with the, the regular xp and needing so much I felt like, oh man, I'm never going to reach there. But then it reset. I'm like, yeah, this will work. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've probably won at this point somewhere between 25 and 30 games. And yeah, I love it, love it, love it so much. And I, I there's not really much else to say about it because there isn't, anything new going on in the game they haven't added anything to the the world or tried anything you know the most exciting thing they did was prior to the octane launch and the the season one launch is they put those jump pads around the marketplace to see i don't know what what they were doing if they're just like hey get ready for these try them out because you're going to be seeing a lot of these in, in the near future but uh, i love it it was really frustrating last night on xbox at least because there was a lot of lag which i guess was an xbox live problem uh, and it just made my happy nights of playing apex legends a very sad night where i did not i mean i still played some apex legends but i didn't do that great i did have a really good game as was it as i think it might have been as gibraltar where i got four or five kills right away and I became the kill leader but then I died because my team was down right away and they quit out before I even got one kill and then I just got lucky to find a lot of people by themselves and proceeded to take out a bunch of people before eventually a team found me and wrecked me anywho that's that's pretty much all I've been playing you know, there are a few things that I, I can't yet talk about, so look forward to that. I mean, there, there are some things that I know I can't talk about. One thing that 
I might be able to talk about it to a point, but I'm not sure, and I don't even want to. I don't even want to risk it. So moving on to movies, I tried rewatching E.T. again because that is one of those movies that I feel like I need to like. That there's something wrong with me not liking that. I just I have to like it, right? But I don't. I don't find anything about it at all fun or interesting or or what have you. I find it very boring. I don't care about the characters and I don't care about E.T. I just find it to be a very bland picture. It looks nice. There's a lot of great lighting in it and stuff like that, even though at times it doesn't make much sense why it looks this way or why this is happening when the the main boy is clearing his plate and going to do the dishes, I guess. He turns on the water, and it's immediately just boiling hot, and there's so much steam coming out from the the kitchen sink that it's it's crazy. And also, I mean... Any kid who would look at that with any kind of common sense would be like, I got to turn this off because if I touch this, I'm going to burn myself. But it looked good, didn't it? Oh, it looked so good. Uh, But yeah, I I made it about 45 minutes into it and quit again right around the time that I quit last time, but a little bit earlier because I didn't get to the point where he started... Uh, bringing all the frogs back to life, which is where it left the last time. But yeah, I just don't give any shits about it. I way, way, way prefer Super 8, which isn't exactly the same, because it's not about them finding a friendly alien and all this, but it does uh, revolve around a small group of kids discovering uh, an alien and all that, and the, the stuff that happens after it's way more entertaining. I like the kids way more. Um, and I like the story more. Um, the, like, like, E.T. has way more in common with the Goonies than uh, Super 8, I'd say. Uh, I think it's just part of that era of family-friendly uh, shows, ensemble pieces, you know, with a... a decent uh, size uh, cast of kids uh, going on adventures or doing something crazy or whatever. I prefer the Goonies, that which isn't to say I like the Goonies. I loved the Goonies as a kid, but coming back to it now, I can see it for what it is, which is just a bunch of teenagers screaming for 90 minutes, and it gets annoying very fast. Uh... But yeah, uh, so yeah, E.T., no, no, no. And then I did just watch The Lobster again, which is what I wanted to do after watching The Favorite and really enjoying that. I wanted to see if I, I still did love The Lobster since I didn't like his movie in between, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and I still love The Lobster. I love it a lot. And why The, the Lobster works for me and Killing of a Sacred Deer doesn't is because The Lobster sets up this premise and, and this alternate version of our world that is i think set like in the distant future or whatever maybe it isn't but the way everyone acts in this weird somewhat monotone uh emotionless distant nature uh 
you know, more open and just straightforward, you know, not uh, talking around in circles or anything. Um, it works because of the, the way everything's been set up, whereas in the, the Killing of the Sacred Deer, uh, I, I may be remembering it wrong, and I didn't watch that much of it. I felt like they had the, the main cast act in this weird way, which felt so out of place in the rest of the world that existed in, in the movie and that it felt you know, disgenuine. It, it didn't feel real. It felt weird. It was, it just felt really out of place. But that said, I didn't watch much of it. I don't remember it all that well. And going back to The Lobster and having just watched The Favorite and really enjoying both, I want to go back to The Killing of a Sacred Deer and just see if I'm remembering things wrong or if I was just maybe in the wrong mood because that has happened. I, I've watched movies the first time and, and they didn't click with me and then I watch them again when I'm in a better headspace and really enjoy them. So who knows? Maybe I will like that movie afterwards because I, I really, really enjoy The Lobster and The Favorite. I think The Lobster is still my favorite of those two, uh, yeah. Then I was watching Doctor Shivago, which my dad loves, and, and part of why he loves it is because of the romance. And I am a romantic. There is no genre I love more because I will never have a romance in real life. I, I highly doubt it. You may say. Eh, don't be so sure, and I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm always open to it, but I I love romance in movies, in TV, in in literature, <laughs> certain kinds of literature, not the sleazy crap that you get at Walmart. Um, but uh, and I I love it just because it's it's the way I uh, get that feeling in life is through these other mediums uh, and the the romance in Dr. Shivago is garbage because the the main two love interests they don't really interact with each other in in a way in a real way until maybe like an hour and 15 minutes or maybe even an hour and a half into the movie they they first meet a little earlier when he is helping the main doctor with her because she i don't remember if she tried to kill herself or what or, or he i i think the one guy may have uh, drugged her and maybe did it a little bit too much or, or something along those lines which is funny too because that actor i i realized when looking up dr shivago was the general in mars attacks which just freaked me out finding that uh information but my problem with the romance is that one it takes so long for this main romance to begin in this two and a half or three hour movie um which is fine but the bigger problem is that they waited so long and then they never show them falling in love they just come back to them after they've worked together she's a nurse he's a doctor of course he's a doctor and you know a certain amount of time uh passes and then they have some lines about like you know you know they try and show you that they have some kind of chemistry. He says something and then she comments on how like, you know, you know, we never did anything that you would have to 
be ashamed about or whatever. So like, you know, nothing actually happened of any significance or, you know, anything physical at least. Um, but that's how we know they care for each other and how they love each other, uh, how they love they, how they love each other. Um, they just tell us. We don't see them falling in love. I don't buy the romance. So I, I don't get why people are, are, are so in love with the romantic elements of Dr. Zhivago. The revolution bits and all that is way more interesting. And I, I think it would be a better movie if they cut out 30 45 minutes of the movie and just focused on the revolution as opposed to the romance and having all that crap in it because it it slogs it down and it just isn't believable for me it doesn't work uh, but a lot of people love that movie i'm just not one of them but my father is <laughs> uh it's from a pretty good director too it did lawrence of arabia and i believe the bridge over the river kwai which uh are both two great movies. Um, and then I rewatched The Fall, which is a movie I don't think a lot of people have seen or know about, starring Lee Pace, who was in Pushing Daisies. But I think most people probably know him at this point from Guardians of the Galaxy and I guess Captain Marvel as What's-His-Face, the, the dark blue man. Uh, was he... It's like dark blue maybe he's like a, a medium blue anyway it stars him and then no one else too famous i think the the woman in it the, the lady is played by the same actress who was the wife in justified maybe but it, it's a story about a man telling a story to this young girl he he was a movie star got into an accident doing a stunt in a movie hurt his back and he's in the hospital and there's questions as to whether or not i think he'll, he'll have to lose uh his leg or not and he's very depressed he also lost his girlfriend and he doesn't want to live so he's he befriends this young girl and he's telling her this story and he's using this friendship to manipulate her into bringing him drugs so that he can take them and kill himself. And what I love about it is that the, the, that story with him in the hospital and this little girl is very charming and she comes across probably because she is as uh, very natural and not actually. It doesn't feel like she's an actual actor, like she's just someone's kid that they're like, hey, you could probably pull this off and it works because she's still so young and it reminds me somewhat of the Beast of the Southern Wild and the fact that she did such a great job in part because she was so young and uh, all that. Um, but on top of that, the actual story he's telling is not all that uh, complicated or unique or special or anything, but it's shot in such a beautiful way with a lot of great imagery and a lot of great use of color um and at times when they're in the story world they have the the talking between him and, and the young girl in the real life interrupting this and and characters maybe she's sneezing a little and then one of the characters starts to sneeze and there's a lot of uh interplay between the the two worlds that is nice it's just a very beautiful movie with 
a touching story and a, a, a wonderful uh, little friendship between this man and this young girl. Uh, you know, and, and very sad in many ways too. Uh, but I, I highly recommend it. It's it's wonderful. I, I'm, you could get it on demand, I'm sure, but I, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. I own it on Blu-ray because it's that good. Uh, it should be in a better Blu-ray. It should be on Criterion with a lot of special features, I think. Uh, but it's great. And, again, that is The Fall. Then, uh, yeah, probably watch some other shit. I don't know. My dad watched Afro Samurai. He told me about it. He didn't finish it, but he started watching it, and he's like, this is weird. And I'm surprised he even bothered watching any of it at all. But, uh, yeah. So, I think that's a good place to end this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find... This podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and check both of them out there, along with anime reviews, if you so choose. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.